This is Bert Bollinger, editor of Hardwood Floors Magazine. The episode of the NWFA Real Answers podcast that you're listening to today is brought to you by the NWFA Emerging Leaders Council. Today we have Michael Martin and Chris Izza on the phone, and we are going to talk to them about what's going on in the world today. Thank you, Bert. Well, earlier today, the Hardwood Federation put out some guidance for the Paycheck Protection Program through the uh, Small Business Administration. Questions have been raised recently about changing rules regarding the program, particularly around its eligibility. So according to the latest guidance, um, businesses with Paycheck Protection Program loans exceeding $2 million can return the money without legal action if the Trump administration determines the aid wasn't necessary. And there's a little bit more on that, but that's kind of the overarching theme there, that is that the SBA deems the loan not needed, even though the borrower certified otherwise, the money can be given back without having the case referred to other agencies for legal or administrative action. Borrowers with a loan of less than $2 million will be automatically deemed to have certified it was necessary in good faith, because loans that small mean that they are generally less likely to have access to adequate sources of liquidity. So basically, if you're under $2 million, you don't have to worry about this guidance. If you're over $2 million, um, there basically are no questions if you give the money back. But there's a little bit more here from the AICPA, the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, that goes into a little more detail that I think is kind of relevant for our audience. So basically, they're trying to explain that a taxpayer that receives a loan through the PPP is not permitted to deduct expenses that are normally deductible under the code to the extent that the expenses were reimbursed by a PPP loan that was then forgiven. So basically, it's keeping you from uh, double dipping in, in, in a way here, I guess, is really the point. Um, is that your understanding, guys? We have a guest on with us today, uh, Kevin Mullaney from Benchmark Floors out in New Mexico. So welcome, Kevin. Thank you, Michael. And he's joining us with our regular guest, Chris Zizza. Hi, Chris. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, yeah, that's my understanding from what you just said, Mike. But, you know, am I not right when you say I, I, I get the double dipping thing and that makes perfect sense. But where you'd normally be using the deduction to offset, you know, capital gains or, or, or where you're going to pay for taxes. We're working at CNR, but our sales aren't nearly what they were. Uh, we're not we're not at capacity. So. I kind of don't think we're going to be waking up to a burden here. I don't think it's anything that's going to shock my system. And I think my accountant is going to understand it better than me. And that's why I have an accountant. Right. Well, and that's basically what the CPAs are saying is that, you know, they they strongly believe that the IRS's interpretation doesn't agree with how the CARES Act was intended. So they're going back and seeing and requesting that there be more guidance um, and allow businesses to deduct all the ordinary expenses that you normally would. Yeah, well, you know, I said earlier before we started this call when when we were going over some of these facts that I kind of view this, if when it's over, I owe a little bit of a tax on the money that I've received to help us through this, I'm okay with that because if the rest of it is forgiven, I'm still going to be ahead. And this is this is the kind of money that is helping us get better at what we're doing and helping us keep people employed while we get to the next episode in, in our career here. Um, is that kind of how you see that, Kevin? That, that is how I see it, Chris. I, I would also say that, you know, it, it, it just uh, brings us to a, a point that it's important for us 
to communicate um, really well with our accountants at this point because of the separation of, of these expenses in comparison to the rest of the year in making certain that that's, that's broken out with clarity so that it can be it can be handled as efficiently as possible so it, it you know it just involves a little bit of planning for us as, uh, as business owners i agree and and planning is what i've been preaching since this all began we by the way on, on another note of you know keeping this thing rolling forward out there um we got the final proofs in for our leave behinds and now we're at press and i'm excited about how they turned out so uh, when those finally arrive, I've just approved the proofs. Those will be together. And then we go to our find a frame program with our list and we're going to be dropping all those and hopefully be starting getting some quoting going. And um, Michael, that's the thing I've been talking about since this began. Now is the time as a business owner to do what you need to do to continue on to the next level, to get to the next level. So that means find as many sales as you can. Uh, today, I'm doing the call remotely today, guys. I'm pulled over uh, not too far from TF Green Airport in Rhode Island because uh, the call time came up in between to my commute back from Newport where there's a restaurant that wants to put in a floor. We did their sanding of phase one. It went so well. Then they were like, you know what? Let's do phase two. So we did that part. And now the whole thing's done. And he's looking at two small areas with waitress stations. And he thinks they don't look good enough. So I ran down there with samples and we're going to install um, the two small areas. It's 180 foot install. Some of you may say, you know, who's doing cartwheels over 180 feet? You know what? It's $1,600 that's going to go into the bank. And yeah, I had to drive an hour and a half each way, but it's still 1600 that we didn't have in sales. And when your sales are slumping, you try to get as many sales as you can. So I hope that's a positive lesson for you guys out there that are thinking, oh, I don't really need that job. Right now is the time when you need every job you can get. Kevin, how are things in New Mexico? What, what's the status with um, operating in New Mexico? Yeah, construction industry is uh, still deemed essential. The, the governor is um, coming out today, this afternoon, speaking in regards to whether or not we will, um, they'll start opening things up on Monday or if it'll be delayed until the 1st of June. So we, we will see from there. But as far as our business, um, we're currently still, uh, we're doing, I, I want to say we have 14 estimates on the books this week, which is a, which is a good week for us. Um, you know, a little bit off, but a, a good week. And we're fortunate to have a lot of commercial work and a lot of institutional work going right now. And so we're, our, we're, our crews are extremely busy. Um, I'm more concerned down the road, four to six months, uh, you know, as we've seen the housing starts have slowed down significantly and uh, remodelers are voicing concern about uh, new calls coming in. And so that, that will affect us um, further, further down the pipeline. So all the more reason, Kevin, like I said earlier, we grab what sales we can now. You should be trying to, you know, use the PPP the way it's intended. And then if you can earn more money and stockpile money for that later time, that's what we need to be doing. Absolutely it is. And then the other thing that we've been focusing on is we have noticed a, a small in, a small uptick, um, probably about 4% is, is where we're, we're seeing it right now in our labor costs because of, because of the virus. There's, you know, there's additional things guys are going into to start a project and, and to finish a project. And 
a lot of cleaning of tools and, and a lot of, um, uh, you know, isolating from, from areas with other trades, et cetera. And so we're trying to incorporate those, you know, that, that, that um, additional expense and, and see how we're going to work with that and what we can cut in other areas because we're not coming into an environment that we're going to be able to increase our prices. That's for sure. So, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot to, a, a lot on the operation side as well as the sales side, right, Chris? Yeah. You know what, Kevin, you just brought up a really good point. And, and this is why I like when, you know, various guys come on the show and, and we talk about different things. I, I knew about the increase. And recently when I was asked the question, Hey, what are you going to do about, you know, you're going to have to buy more masks, you got to buy the cleaners, you got to buy the buckets, you know, all this cost. And my opinion at one point was, I think on the short term, you're going to have to absorb, absorb those costs and just understand that they're going to be there because you got to do the business you got to do. But you raise a really interesting question or point, which is you started looking at the other facets of your business. Where can you make some cuts? Because you're right. We aren't going to be able to raise our price, but there are places where you can try to focus on cutting costs. Um, and so I thank you for bringing that up because it opens my eyes on other things we're doing. And I know my office is looking at that, but I don't always look at that. Another thing, I got a few emails this week uh, from people that are still going on NWFA.org and watching some of the presentations from the virtual expo. And somebody asked me for one of my spreadsheets um, on our cost, on our job costing. And the funny thing about that is we have a lot of the results and years ago we were using the, the Excel spreadsheet as the tool, but then we got to the point where we would just grab the folder on our own and, and job cost them individually if we thought we didn't have a great job. So I didn't want to send out an old Excel tool and I gave it over to our IT guy the other day and he redid it. And now we have this really cool current Excel spreadsheet where all our costs are getting entered in and it spits out your GP at the end. So those, those of you that did ask me for that, I'm going to email it out to you and then you can call me if you have any questions. Um, but now I'm going to add another button about, you know, where, where can we cut? Because if, like you said, if we have a 4% increase in costs, you can make up that 4% somewhere else without having to tack on a 4% price increase. So long way to go. I realized to make right kevin and i appreciate that what are you looking at kevin that you're cutting we're, we're looking at insurance is um you know insurance is one the, the, the insurance is a is a large cost um rent is another one but that's that's a complicated issue because the the building is owned by a a, a closely held company so um you know that's it's it's not a it's not a simple one right there. The other is uh, we are taking advantage right now of you know abrasive manufacturers, for instance, are are currently as as people are gearing up for the gym seasons here and in, in, in the summer busy time are offering some some really big discounts. Um, we're we're stocking up and taking advantage of those. We're taking advantage of the Sherwin-Williams as a day twice a year. Um, of course, right now we can't get masks in, in a lot of the, the PPE, but um, all the other things we can get, stain rags, anything we can get um, in, in taking those 20, 25% discounts by buying in large quantities versus, you know, buying typically every two weeks, those, those things are helping us. And then the other area we're looking, Chris, so a lot is in our general liability policy. 
Um, oh, really? You know, I'm, I'm, so yeah, well, I, you know, I'm, I have inland marine riders on, on equipment that I purchased in 1997. And so, uh, you know, I'm really going through those things with a fine tooth comb to talk to them about depreciation of that equipment. And is it worth maintaining some of those inland marine riders? Um, and then also seeing if I can separate by job some of the uh, stored materials on job site insurance, you know, it, kind of part of an inland marine rider, except it's for materials, not tools. Those, those, are, those are things we're looking at. We're looking at some of the additional um, insurance we have for phishing scams. I can't think of what that's called, but uh, um, yeah, I think you guys know what I mean. Yeah, no, uh, I, I think all of these items are, are – there's a lot of hidden costs and things that you just forget to keep checking on. And that equipment one is a real one. We've had that one uh, pop up on us. You know, the, the dustless trucks we run are 65,000 bucks, but some of them are 10 years old and I'm still insuring them at full value. And that's just not necessary anymore. Kevin, didn't you also find some cost savings on insurance with your fleet? We, we did, and that is because guys are guys are taking their own vehicles um, from their homes directly to the job site. The majority of the company is, since they're not riding together and the vehicles are not in use as much. And so when we talked to the insurance company about that, they they offered us a 15% discount for the months of May and June or April and May. I can't recall the which which of the two it was, Michael. And so you know that's. As Chris said, every little bit helps because we're, you know, we're trying to offset single-digit increases, and so you, you, you know, you find 0.2% here and 0.4% there, you're moving in the right direction. Absolutely, and that's how you have to look at your business, guys. You got to look at the numbers. Uh, it's the only way you're going to survive it all. And then, you know, and then with the with the cash, with the cash infusion into the business for the people who have received the PPP. It's a it's a great opportunity to make sure you take advantage of prompt pay discounts. I mean, it's 1.5 percent, which is 18 percent a year. Yeah, and almost half of your four percent increase right there. Yeah, if you're For looking those, at the if numbers, every, if, if if all your material, yeah, if all your materials, if every every uh, supplier offered it, it sure would be. Yeah, that's true. Um, we happily just got our rebate check back from 2019 from our distributor, so thank you very much to them. It, it's we had a we had a fantastic 2019. We got a nice fat check in our rebate program. So, if you guys don't have a relationship with your distributor in a rebate program, I suggest you sit down and create some brand loyalty with them. And you'd be surprised how many distributors will work out, you know, rebates for increased business year over year. Uh, we've had ours going with our distributor for uh, maybe a decade now, and uh, I'm quite happy with it when it hits. Can you, can you give us time. the, t- the timing is great. Can can you give us like a uh, a, f- a framework for that agreement, Chris? That's an interesting idea. Yeah. So we give all our uh, as much business as we can to one of our distributors, and there's year over year sales. They'll every year they'll send me this is what you did with us last year in business, and here are the sales goals for next year, and we get rebates from a half a percent up to 2% based on increase in sales. And quarterly, my salesman sends me where we are with our sales goals. And if we're having a great year, which we did last year, 
we end up with a fat check at the other end. Everyone has, you know, different ideas of what a fat check is, but you know, this was quite a few thousands and it's going to come in handy. Usually I try to take it as my own bonus and say, well, I really worked hard. <laughs> um, yeah. But this year we put it into the kitty for the company because the company needs it. And uh, I can tell you over the years, I've had many different rebate programs and some have been directly with my distributor. Others have been with manufacturers. If I go back into 2007, I believe it was, I was doing Pulte Homes and I got um, Bruce on, on the, on the map there. Uh, they were using a different brand and we switched them over to Bruce and we had a, we had a rebate program with that product and I'll never forget my Armstrong. Well, he wasn't an Armstrong rep back then. It was Bruce. Um, Bruce Armstrong didn't own him yet, but that rep walked in to my office and handed me a check for 18 grand. I was psyched. <laughs> so there are programs that you can set up. And if you have an up year and you move some volume, you're going to get a nice check. So Think about setting those up, guys. Uh, it's all about brand loyalty. And if you're using the product all the time, why shouldn't there be a possible kicker? Well, Kevin, we appreciate you being on with us today as our special guest. Chris, it's always good to be with you. Uh, we appreciate you guys telling us what's going on in your neck of the woods. And, uh, again, thanks for being here with us, Kevin. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Michael. Absolutely. Right. That was a good day. And uh, everybody keep it safe out there. Keep it real. And uh, we look forward to talking on the next one. All right. Thanks, Chris. And back to you, Bert. Well, Michael, Chris, thanks for your time today. And thank you to the listeners out there for joining us. If you have any topics that you want us to cover right now, please let us know. I've put my contact information in the podcast description, and we look forward to your input. And as always, stay safe, and we'll talk again soon.